In the classroom, the teacher voice saying, tick, tock, seven o'clock, time to get up, time to get up, seven o'clock, as if it were afraid nobody would. Classroom lay sleeping, the result of boring lesson plans. The clock ticked on, repeating and repeating its sounds into the emptiness. Seven, nine, answer question time, seven, nine. In the principal's office, the administrator gave a hissing sigh and ejected from its warm face eight pieces of perfectly browned insults, eight sarcastic comments, sunny side up, 16 slices of red slash, two smirks, and two out of five stars on a teacher evaluation. Hey, this is Trent Lorcher, and welcome to the Teaching ELA podcast, where I help ELA teachers thrive in and out of the classroom. In this podcast, I discuss real teaching for real classrooms. Whether it's a specific piece of literature, teaching strategy, or life strategy, I talk about things ELA teachers need. I promise that with each podcast episode, you'll have something you can use today. The aforementioned situation could have been avoided with some good There will come soft rains, lesson plans, teaching ideas. And by just listening to this podcast episode, which, as you probably guessed, is about There Will Come Soft Rains by Ray Bradbury. Don't confuse this There Will Come Soft Rains podcast episode with the previous There Will Come Soft Rains podcast episode because the previous episode talked about the poem There Will Come Soft Rains. This is the short story. We'll begin with setting. Actually, we won't. We're going to start with a summary. Now, the whole reason I created the ELA Common Core LessonPlans.com is to help teachers like you, because we get overwhelmed sometimes, is to create resources for people like you. That's why I share what I share. If you want to know more about ELA Common Core LessonPlans.com, just go there. I put in this summary here. I'm going to put in a summary now because it might help you teach it better. It's 2026 and everyone is dead. Dun, dun, dun. All that's left are four silhouettes on the outside wall. Oh, that and an automated house that carries on as if nothing has happened. The house performs its functions wonderfully until a tree crashes through a window, starts a fire, and destroys the house. Not a ton of action, is there? This is one of those stories where the brilliance of it exists outside of what happens. So when teaching, there will come soft rains by Ray Bradbury. Here are some Bradbury, Ray Bradbury. Here are some things to focus on. Number one, setting. The futuristic setting plays the central role in the story. The setting is the house. The house is empty. There are no characters. Theme. The the story's primary theme involves the dangers of technology and man's destructive nature. Three. This is this is a science fiction story. The story setting, as well as the advanced technology fits this story into the science fiction genre. If you'd like to know more uh, about science elements of science fiction and science fiction short stories, we do have a past podcast episode, I believe, on teaching science fiction short stories. I advise you, recommend you check that out. Poetry analysis, I've already stated there's a poem that shares the story's title and theme. Ironically, it's not really the same theme. So analyze the poem, perhaps. Sensory details. Bradbury uses figurative language to make the house seem alive. You can use a sensory details chart to bring the lesson to life. In fact, sensory details is our two-minute lesson plan. Class is about to start, and you need something right now. So here's the one thing you can put on the board right now so when the students come in, you'll be ready to roll. Okay, quick. Get to the board. Two columns, left column, example of figurative language, middle column, type of figurative language, right column, 
explanation of figurative language. I guess that's three columns, isn't it? So get to the board, three columns. Column left, example of figurative language. Column middle, type of figurative language. Column right, explanation of figurative language. Now, of all the types of figurative language you're going to be talking about, you're going to uh, probably focus on personification. So if there's one thing, one type of figurative language that you teach as you're reading this short story, I would recommend it be personification. There are several examples of Bradbury using figurative language, such as personification, to make the house seem alive. This should be a pretty, if you want to change your figurative language chart to personification chart, instead you can do that as well, and then you can eliminate the middle column altogether. I mean, the house speaks for Pete's sake. <laughs> the house seems to have feelings. All right, so your chart's on the board. Students have copied down the chart. As you read the story, or as they read the story, fill out the chart. And if you have some, you know, if you have an extra long class, you could go through maybe writing a paragraph analysis of how figurative language contributes to the story's theme. Depends on how advanced the class is. You know your class. You're the teacher. You are a licensed teacher from the state you teach in. So do it. One last thing here, irony. The main irony in the story is that it takes its name from a poem that heralds nature outlasting man. In reality, however, humankind has managed to destroy nature along with itself. Good job, humankind. We have some awesome stuff in the show notes. There will come soft range lesson plan on setting and conflict. I briefly mentioned setting in the analysis part of this episode, but there's an actual lesson plan linked in the show notes. There's also a there will come soft range blog post and of course, links to the ELA Common Core Lesson Plan short story, Bonanza. Science fiction isn't just for nerds. In today's episode of the Teaching ELA Podcast, I discuss one of my favorite science fiction stories, The Velt by Ray Bradbury. I've got an emergency lesson plan you can get on the board right now involving setting and conflict. If you're going to teach one thing from this story that will make everything else easier or no longer necessary... Teach students to cite textual evidence to analyze theme. I discuss that along with the elements of science fiction, cause and effect, conflict, and a methods of persuasion advertising project. Something's wrong with the nursery. I know a lot of y'all have kids. Do you even have a nursery? I don't have a... I never had a nursery. I had a bedroom for my kid with a crib in it. A nursery? Is that a thing still? Leave some comments. I need to know. Anyhow, that's how the story begins. I have five kids, by the way. We never had a nursery. More like a... More like a zoo. <laughs> All right, this isn't your typical nursery in the story of the Velt, and it hasn't been built for babies. It's the centerpiece of the Hadley, of the Hadley's Happy Life Home. This nursery uses technology to recreate whatever the Hadley children wish to create. And as the story begins, the Hadley children wish to construct an African Velt with lions that kill and vultures that swoop down to clean the rotting meat off bones. And let's not forget about the screams coming from the nursery. The frequent screams, the familiar sounding frequent screams. George and Lydia are in the nursery discussing how real the scene is. A little too real, so real, in fact, that Lydia dashes out of the nursery, sobbing. Fake lions chase them. We are then introduced to the Hadley children. Not directly, but through the conversation of George and Lydia. Peter is angry with his parents for locking him out of the nursery for a couple days and for not allowing him to take the rocket to New York. The couple, then discusses the, house, the couple then discuss the house and what a house it is. The house is so awesome that the Hadleys are miserable. Technology does everything that they used to do. George and Lydia conclude that they are horrible parents. Oh, remember those lions? George and Lydia believe the lions are ramming the door. 
So George walks back into the nursery and orders the scene to change, but it doesn't work. I'm getting way too detailed on this summary, so I'm going to skip ahead. They shut down the nursery. The kids get mad. They beg to be let back in the nursery just a little bit more. Lydia proves she is the worst mother ever and allows them back in. The two kids scream. The parents run in. And they're eaten by lions. That's right. Eaten by lions. <laughs> Class is about to start and you need something right now. So here's the one thing you can put on the board right now. So when the students come in, you'll be ready to roll. All right, all lesson plans we discuss in this podcast can be found at ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com, the greatest website in the multiverse. I've never been to Earth number 23, but The Flash has, and he told me, best lesson plan website in the multiverse. Two-minute lesson, setting in conflict. I can cite textual evidence to analyze setting in conflict. The purpose here is to help students make the connection between technology, dependence, and various conflicts that take place in the story. That's right, technology dependence. I'm sure none of your students would suffer from that, right? So get to the board right now. Draw a line, vertical, left column, label setting, right column, label conflict. It's that simple, setting and conflict. Now you're going to want to write some uh, stuff in the left column. Write in two, in two of the rows, write nursery. In two of the rows, write happy life home. And in two of the rows, write the VELT. Read the story and fill out the chart together. So basically, we're looking here for different conflicts that take in place in different parts of the home. The happy life home takes care of most of the responsibilities previously handled by the parents. Basically, the home becomes an indulgent parent for the children, leading to a lack of, obe to a lack of obedience and a lack of respect toward the parents' conflict there. The nursery becomes a central point of the conflict. Because the kid's life revolves around the nursery, the technology. The, when the parents threat to turn it off, this leads to a power struggle. And the velt, you notice, is actually the same as the nursery. It allows Peter and Wendy to act out their death fantasies. And when I say death, the death of their parents. Conflict. All right. Let's do a little analysis. Some other things you can discuss. Cause and effect. The children in this story suck. I mean, they make my kids, you know... We, 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 uh, my kids and I, and I'm sure, you know, those of you with kids, we have disagreements. But as far as I know, they've never tried to feed me to lions. Maybe they've tried to feed me to sharks and I didn't know. We did go swimming in the Caribbean the other day because that's where I live. You didn't mention those sharks. Hmm, starting to wonder. Anyhow, what causes Peter and Wendy's behavior? Is it bad parenting? Is it over-reliance on technology? Is it an entitled attitude? What cause? Cause and effect. Critical thinking. Speaking of technology, the concept that parents and children rely too much on technology is not very hard to connect with what's going on in our world. This was written in like the 1950s, by the way. Virtual reality in the 1950s did not exist. Bradbury, genius. The parents in this story have let technology raise their children. I remember when I was a kid, people called the TV. TV was like uh, the babysitter. You don't even need that anymore. Setting... Science fiction, Bradbury knows what he's doing. Imagery, some good imagery in here of the nursery itself. Bradbury, he's, he's known for his science fiction writing, but he is a master of sensory details as well. We talked about the dangers of technology, and there's a project I'm going to bring up here in a few minutes using the methods of persuasion, pathos, ethos, and logos. 
that sound can only mean one thing. It means it's time for the one thing. That's right. If there's one thing you teach from this story, it's going to be this right here. And of course, the VELT unit containing all these lesson plans can be found. ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com, the greatest lesson plan website in the multiverse. Okay, theme. If there's one literary device you teach when you read this story, I would go with theme. So a recurring theme in science fiction and in the works of Ray Bradbury is the dangers of technology. The family in the veil becomes too dependent on technology and it destroys the family and leads to murder. Theme one. What can happen when people become too reliant on technology? Well, we have some evidence here that includes temper tantrum when the nursery is turned off. Does this sound familiar to anyone who's ever tried to take a phone away from a teenager? Theme two, technology is a poor substitute for parenting. There's some pretty solid evidence here, like the psychologist lecturing George and Lydia about them letting technology replace them in the eyes of their children. I mean, pretty much tells them they suck. <laughs> You love it when your psychologist tells you you suck as a parent. It's kind of like when your administrator comes in and you're watching Netflix and he says, you suck as a teacher. Has that ever happened to anyone listening to this? I hope not. I hope not. If so, it's never happened to me. Theme three, progress does not lead to happiness. So we have George has the most advanced home ever created and he realizes that this progress has destroyed his family and made him unhappy and we have theme four we have alternate versions of reality in this case virtual reality becomes literal reality you could also talk about how the kids reality is completely different than the parents reality maybe you've gone through this as an ela teacher which i assume you are if you're listening to this and the way you digest a story is completely different than what your students see as i always tell my students english teachers have ruined more great literature than any other profession. Anyhow, I don't even know if I said that right, but I don't care. All right, we got a good writing assignments. This one's about theme. I can cite textual evidence and organize ideas to write about complex topics. So we talked about the four themes already. Four of the, you could find more. Over-reliance on technology. Technology is a poor substitute for parenting. Progress not leading to happiness. Alternate versions of reality. Uh, pick one of those themes and do a little race strategy or something like that. Restate the question. You know, a prominent theme in the Velt is that progress does not lead to happiness. Evidence, you know, George's attitude, blah, you get it. You're, you know what I'm talking about, I hope. All right. I have a project. Good project for this is the Happy Life Home Advertisement Project. As you probably guessed, Doc in the happy after after George and Lydia get eaten by lions, Doc price has plummeted for the happy life home. So your job, your student's job, is to create a happy life home advertisement that will bring in some customers, and they must use the three methods of persuasion: pathos, logos, and ethos. As you probably guessed, this lesson plan is at elacommoncorelessonplans.com. All right, there's a movie. There was a television program in the late '80s. I think it was in. I think it was Canadian. It was called the Ray Bradbury Theater. The Velt episode is about 23 minutes long, and you'll never. You're not going to believe this, but I have a lesson plan for that too, linked in the show notes. All right. Three takeaways here. Use the setting conflict two column analysis chart if you need a lesson plan right now. You better go back <laughs> if you do. It's at the beginning. If you're going to teach one thing from this story, go with theme. 
It will lead you to the elements of science fiction and help you teach cause and effects, along with the methods of persuasion. And if you want your mind blown, this story was written in the 1950s, long before virtual reality technology existed or was even dreamed of by 99.9999999999% of people. Mind blown! Thanks for listening to the Teaching ELA Podcast. For more teacher-ready, student-ready lesson plans, head on over to ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com. That's ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com, where we have hundreds of lesson plans and handouts that are ready to use right now. And as always, if this podcast has helped you thrive in the classroom, we'd appreciate a like and a review. 